Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. And live from the NFL's quarterback infirmary, it's the 4th and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you this week? Um, I'm excited Tony Romo's coming back, but I'm also now starting to bargain with the football gods to actually win a game. So I'm about even kill for a Cowboys fan. <laughs> well, what are you going to do this weekend? The Cowboys are playing one of your your many favorite um, other teams, that being the, I'm the I'm Dolphins. I'm sympathetic so. to other causes. Um, well, uh, I mean, I still have to root for the Cowboys, but, you know, I, I guess I, I'll be marginally less upset if they lose, if that makes any sense. Well, is it, if they lose in overtime, does that only count as half a loss then, or is that only hockey? Um, I think I can make peace with it. I can rationalize a lot of things. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to hear that. Um, the whole <laughs> week was pretty much a lost week for the NFC East, unless you were a Redskins fan, which there probably a few of them left. But uh, I, I can imagine they probably this. don't listen to they probably don't listen to our show, though. Let's be realistic. <laughs> I don't know if we'd be at the top of the must-listen list for them. Well, that's that's true. I don't know who's must-listen <laughs> to list. We're at the top of, you know, maybe Everybody. our families or something, or the cat, my cat. But that's about it. But anyway, um, yeah, lots of lots of interesting injuries, especially at the quarterback position this past week. What do you make of it all? Well, if you weren't injured, you probably lost your job, since that seems to be all that happened this week. Um, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to drink enough milk to be on Big Ben's level, but I think that might have been the most impressive thing of the week, because I think we all saw that coming, though, really. Like, when the Steelers decided that Ben Roethlisberger, who should be out for the next three weeks, at least two at a bare minimum, was going to be active as the number two quarterback, and Michael Vick was inactive, I mean, the writing was on the wall right there. You had no Landry Jones was going to leave that game at some point because that's just how Murphy's Law works. Yeah. 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 If I saw anybody pick Ben Roethlisberger on their DFS team last week, I would have been suspicious. But um, I, yeah, I didn't see that, fortunately. In on it. <laughs> but, yeah, you're, you're right. Between, by my count, there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks who were either injured or lost their job this past week. So that's that's not a that's good track record. I mean, the, the injury list is not small. I'll say that. <laughs> there was a lot of big no, names that got hurt. No, but as you to, not all these quarterback changes are the result of injuries. A couple of them are due to performance or lack thereof, more specifically. Yeah. It happens. But we'll see We'll see if they really stick. For example, Blaine Gabbert in San Francisco. Is that really going to stay all season? I don't think so. I think he has a better chance of sticking than some of these others do, but uh, we'll 
We'll see. I'm guessing the Eagles have probably been on the phone with the Steelers all week trying to figure out what they did with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Uh, They should. Sam Bradford just wrap him in bubble wrap is probably best for everybody. But I guess we should just get right into it. (laughs) The favorite part of the show. Mr. Um, Fumble takes over in Philly. Yeah, somebody get a hot dog ready for him on the sideline. Things are going to get weird in Philadelphia. I can't wait. Um, as long as but, they lose, uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I hey, I'm always happy when the Eagles lose. But uh, so we do have some quarterbacks that just got the job, you know, to see more of an audition, and that would be you, Johnny Manziel. He's going to be the starter for the remainder of the season for the Browns. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. It'll be an experiment. They're trying to decide if he's their quarterback of the future or not. I'm guessing no, but we're going to find out. Uh, it looks like Brian a few Hoy- more tickets. Yeah, it'll, he'll sell something. Uh, Brian Hoyer for the Texans is unlikely to play. He's got a concussion. You're going to hear a lot of those this week. Uh, TJ Yates, who's been on the team all of two weeks this season, is going to be the starter. They also claimed uh, Brandon Whedon off waivers today. So he's going to be QB2 this week. Things are really weird. can't believe the Cowboys let him go after that impressive uh, stretch really he had there replacing sure. Romo. Well, you know, we did we did have to make room for Robert Turbin, who we signed, which makes no sense to me. But, you know, that's probably why I don't make personnel moves. Uh, They're accumulating <laughs> former back. Seattle lineback- uh, running backs now between Turbin and Michael. Seattle South. If one doesn't work, we just rotate into another one. We're going to keep to going until ultimately, I guess, Marshawn Lynch will probably be 35 and broken in pieces on our roster. I think that's the road we're on right now. And he'll still probably beat out Darren McFadden for a job. Uh, times are tough. <laughs> Not a good season um, to be a Cowboy fan. I mean, I can't our, really talk I mean, too much with the Giants, but this is pretty Realistically, uh, you do not have pathetic. a great week either. But we'll get there. No, uh, Lions, but we didn't lose any rounds. <laughs> no. Way to rub it in. All right, we've only lost seven straight games. <laughs> I'm a little bit in denial about it, but maybe this will be the week. You can only hope. Two and fourteen. <sighs> You're terrible. Listen, I won't. I won't talk any smack about the Vikings for at least ten minutes. Fair trade. You mean the first, <laughs> the first place Minnesota Vikings, the Super Bowl bound first place Minnesota Vikings with the best defense in the NFL. That are going what to demolish is this world the Packers we're living in? I, I well, think they have a soft schedule. I blame, I blame somebody else. It can't be that they're this good. Because they're not They have not the same schedule good. as the Packers do, and they're winning. Mm, mm, I don't know. All I'm right, not let's get back to the injuries. All, All right. right, Dwight Bell, uh, he's got a shoulder injury. He was limited at practice. They're hoping he'll play since he got the lion's share. Ah, see what I did there. Of the carries last week. Um, as we talked about, Ben Roethlisberger, big proponent of milk, he's going to play now and probably forever. Landry Jones has what they're calling a, quote, pretty severe low ankle sprain, as if Ben Roethlisberger was in danger of losing his job. Sam Bradford is uncertain for this week, though they're not ready to rule him out, probably because uh, Mark Sanchez looks terrible in practice. But he has a separated non-throwing shoulder and a concussion because one injury just wasn't enough. Uh, Ryan Matthews also was concussed on Sunday. He 
He's not been cleared. Uh, neither is Bradford. They're both in the concussion protocol along with 95% of the league, it feels like. Uh, so as of this moment, Mark Sanchez is your starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Get excited about that. Antonio Gates was limited with his knee injury. He's going to play unless probably he loses a limb between now and Sunday. Um, San Diego wide receiver Malcolm Floyd has torn shoulder cartilage. He didn't practice. He is not going to play this week. They're hoping they don't lose him for the season. They seem more optimistic today than they did yesterday about it. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but he's definitely out this week. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice. He's got a knee injury bothering him. He's going to play. He took exactly 100% of the offensive snaps last week. I suspect that might happen again. Eddie Lacy was a full participant in practice, which is mostly notable because he finally being healthy means that perhaps the run game will start working again after a less than stellar effort from James Starks in his quasi-audition last week. Uh, Peyton Manning, I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he's going to be out this week. He's got partially torn plantar fascia in his foot. Try saying that five times fast. Brock Osweiler well, he doesn't is throw with his feet. Why is that a problem? Uh, it's amazing. I just They're so soft, these NFL players these days. It's terrible. Apparently, it's worse if it's partially torn than if it's all the way torn pain-wise, which logically doesn't make a lot of sense, but, I mean, I guess I'll go with it. So, at this point, the Broncos are hoping that he actually aggravates the injury and tears it completely versus the partial tear so that he can get back on the field, as backwards as that sounds. Yeah, that that does sound very backwards. (laughs) Adrian Peterson was bothered by John Elway on the field again before we see Peyton Manning quarterbacking them again. I I don't necessarily agree, but I would like to see John Elway do another helicopter on the field. Is that too much to ask? Probably not. Uh, Adrian Peterson was bothered by a hamstring injury. He's going to play this week, Uh, but something to keep an eye on. The Jaguars' Alan Hearns is probable. He's got foot and thigh injuries. He's going to have off-season surgery, but it looks like he can put it off until then. Uh, TJ Yeldon is questionable. He's hoping to play. He's got a bad foot. They, of course, are the Thursday night game this week, so a little bit less time to get healthy, i.e. they play tomorrow. Did you pick up Denard Robinson on the waiver wire this week? No, I have no trust in him. Nope. For, like, three years you've been getting burned by him. You always want to start him. It never works. You had a good stretch last year for a bit. For what, like a day? <laughs> no, like five or six weeks. No. He might yeah. have been, at best, a, a decent flex player for a couple of weeks, but I don't know if I want to start him as like a, a one or a two running back. Plus, it's on a Thursday night game. There's so much so much fear. Thursday night games are well, not boring enough for me to take that risk. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had thumb surgery this week. He's still planning to play on Sunday. Maybe he's drinking a lot of milk. I don't know, but I'm willing to he's go with it. not throwing thumb. Yeah, but still. Can he change a diaper yet? Has anyone confirmed that? Well, uh, he, he has people to do that for him. That's true. When you're the New York Jets quarterback, someone else is going to change your baby's diapers for you. It's one of the perks. Probably Geno Smith. <laughs> As long as the baby doesn't punch him in his glass jaw, everything will be okay. Yeah. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) names his kids IK, you'll know. Oh, no. (laughs) God, that'd be funny, though, wouldn't it? 
Austin Safarian Jenkins is still not cleared for contact. I feel like every week the Buccaneers tease us with, like, he might be coming back. He looks good in practice. But it's not going to be this week. He's still got a strained shoulder, which he's been battling for the last nine weeks. Julian Edelman broke his foot. He's hoping to return for the playoffs or within six to eight weeks. Or, you know, for whatever reason, the Patriots wouldn't rule him out for the game. He broke his foot, and they're like, oh, it's just questionable to return. He might come back which is insane. Because it was his non-catching foot. Right, that's right. Much like Peyton Manning's non-throwing foot. They just exaggerate these injuries. It's terrible. They do. Edelman's better than that. Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson has a uh, knee injury. He's not playing this week. Neither is Kendall Wright for the Titans, also with a knee injury. Tony Romo's coming back. And uh, the Rams have demoted my boy, Nick Foley, and Dynamite. Case Keenum is going to be the starter in St. Louis. Not totally sure that's the answer, but Nick Foles was statistically terrible, so they had to do something. He threw for 200 yards for the first time in many weeks. And then he lost his job, so maybe he should have been more mediocre and he'd still be the starter. That's twisted logic, but no more so twisted than uh, mm-hmm. the Broncos rooting for Peyton Manning to completely tear his fascia. Okay, we live in a crazy world. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> of all these free agent quarterbacks that are out there on the waiver wire, the Brock Osweilers and the T.J. Yates and the Case Keenums and the Mark Sanchez's, who who are you prioritizing as your waiver wire pickup this week? Uh, Brock Osweiler is my favorite of the bunch, and weirdly enough, probably Mark Sanchez is my second uh, favorite. He's got a week that he's running the offense. They are going to kind of tailor it to suit him, and he does have DeMarco Murray, which with Ryan Matthews out, they're going to be forced to use as an actual number one running back. Um, Plus, the matchup isn't terrible, so I think those two are probably the ones I'm keying in on. Osweiler wasn't bad. Uh, Even fantasy statistically last week when he came in to relieve Peyton Manning, he did a very serviceable job. Uh, I think he'll be all right. By that time, the game was out of hand, though, so I wouldn't read too much into that, but he does have the most talented receiving core out of the bunch of new quarterbacks, of course, with Emmanuel Emmanuel Sanders hurt. That's an issue, but, you know, who knows, maybe it's – Cody Latimer's turn to step up. Yeah, we're going to find out. I'm, I'm interested Davis. to see him actually play a whole game. I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of film on him. No, that's for sure. When you back up Peyton Manning, you don't play all that much. It's like maybe week 17. No, it's like backing up uh, Cal Ripken Jr. True. Very true. Hmm. We're going to find out. Okay. Anything else we want to discuss injury-wise, or should we just uh, hop into the... Actually, one thing I wanted to touch on before we hop into the games, it seems to me that the teams that are starting to separate themselves, both in the NFC and the AFC, and I was just wondering if you would agree with this little list I threw together. Um, In the NFC, I think Arizona and Carolina, you could pretty much throw them in a bag and pick one or the other out and, you know, have an equal chance of being right in terms of, you know, who's the the Super Bowl front runner at this point. And I would put Minnesota no, a half step. <laughs> as, as much as I want Minnesota to be there, I, I'd put them like half a step behind Arizona and Carolina at this point. Um, AFC, not quite so much uh, 
murkiness there. I think New England has definitely established themselves. Even Sans Julian Edelman is the clear class of the AFC at this point. I'd say Cincinnati is about a step and a half behind them, and Denver's probably two steps behind them. And the only reason they're not out of view is because they have a pretty strong defense this year, and it's only a matter of, you know, is Brock Osweiler going to be a serviceable replacement? If he is, then you know, they still have a shot. But right now, I just don't see how anybody's going to keep New England out, barring any major injuries to, to Tom Brady. Yeah, and I mean, it, New England is the quintessential next man up team. I mean, you have someone go down with a season-ending injury, no problem. We've got three more right behind them. Even with Julian Edelman out, they're going to be fine. They still have Danny Amendola, who people forget was a PPR dream when he was in St. Louis. I mean, that guy can catch he – can, he can see 25 targets and catch 20 passes in a game without a problem. And then you've got Brandon LaFell, who inexplicably uh, is not in a doghouse even after making a couple of key drops and – and bad plays over the course of the season, but Bill Belichick still let him live and be a part of the offense, and he's still functional. Yeah, that's – I don't know. I, I think I if I had – if I saw both of them on the waiver wire, I'd almost rather have LaFell because I think the yeah. Amendola can't seem to stay on the field for more than, you know, a game or two without getting hurt, and I'd be very surprised if LaFell – doesn't have more targets and catches the rest of the way than Amendola. I actually don't disagree with that. Is that the same thing as saying you agree or not? I do agree, begrudgingly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got the begrudgingly part in there, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. But... Let's, hop, let's, let's hop right into our almost full slate of games. I know this is your favorite or maybe second favorite week of the season because there's only four teams left on bye, and next week, you know, for Thanksgiving, we're uh, clear of the byes, so that's that's always a good sign. First up, though, we yeah. have to endure a clunker of a Thursday night game between two really? AFC South teams. Really? I'm kind of excited for it. Well, I don't know. I might, I mean, I might interested... also be a crazy person, but, yeah, I'm sort of into this game. Well... Have fun Maybe watching that one? by yourself. But it could be the only one. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I would watch to see if Blake Bortles is really, you know, taking that proverbial step forward or not. But, you know, Blake Bortles against Marcus Mariota, there's some interest there. But, you know, with no Kendall Wright, no Justin Hunter, you know, when, when Dexter McCluster is your leading rusher and Harry Douglas is your leading receiver, you know, that gives you an idea of that your offense is probably in the heap of trouble. But I'm I'm very intrigued by the matchup. I think this could be kind of a sneaky good game. Yes, there aren't a lot of big games to go around, but you've got two really good quarterbacks that are both young and are, are both kind of on the rise. And on Thursday night games, weird stuff always happens. So I think this has the potential to be a close game. Uh, but I think Jacksonville will probably take the edge because Blake Bortles is, you know, overall, I think he's a little better right now. The offense is a little healthier, and they're just a little more functional. Um, and like you said, Tennessee is essentially the walking wounded, not the Titans anymore. But, I, I mean, I am I actually will watch this game. I might be the, the only one in America, but I'm going to watch it. Actually, I might watch because I think they're going to have crazy uniforms 
again, I think Jacksonville's yeah, wearing the, all gold the, or maybe the, like, I'm getting... Color, what are they called? The color yeah. rush or whatever they're calling it? It's so yeah, weird, I, but I also can't look away from it. Yeah, it's it's like a train wreck or car accident, yeah. especially if you were colorblind trying to watch that Jets build oh. game last um, Thursday night. That, that, that wasn't a pleasant experience. Yeah, I think I would have just turned it off and listened to it on radio at that point. But just getting back to this particular game, I agree with you that probably not going to be terribly high scoring, but I don't think it will be terribly close either. With all the injuries they have on offense, I'm looking at Jackson, at Tennessee uh, being uh, not a good uh, pick to win this game. So. I'll go with Jacksonville to win this relatively easily. I'll say Jacksonville 27, Tennessee 17. Uh, we were close in scores. I, I I, mean, normally I'm not a fan of using players in Thursday night games for fantasy purposes, but I really like the matchup for Blake Bortles this week. Yeah. I, I'd be tempted to avoid him, but, I mean, I hope he does well, But and I certainly wouldn't bench him in a two-team quarterback, uh, two quarterback league, or if I had one of the guys that got hurt last week, you know, I wouldn't you know, mind p- plugging him in there as opposed to what's likely available on the waiver wire, but we'll see. I'm not quite as confident in his ability to produce I, big numbers this week. Besides, yeah. Denard Robinson will be stealing the show, as we agreed upon earlier. You're crazy. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's going on in Pennsylvania? said that. <laughs> There's something in the water up there. Yeah, there must be. So, anyway, shall we move on to the, the Sunday games, the, the morning games, as you like to call them, or yeah. the early games, as yeah. we like to call them in the rest of the world? But, the rest of the world. All right. I think, I think we've well right. established I'm obviously not abiding by the trends here with everybody else. No. No. <laughs> all right. So, for Sunday, first game up, we've got St. Louis at Baltimore, a pair of underachieving teams, St. Louis, Four and five, yeah, they're not going to catch Arizona. That we'll see if the quarterback change does them any good. I think it will, but we'll see. Really? The one one thing I'm always curious about quarterback changes is whether the the third and fourth wide receivers all of a sudden see a spike in their targets just because the backup quarterback is now the starting quarterback and is more comfortable, more familiar with them just from you know the the practices, but. I think there's a good chance that happens here. Baltimore hasn't been able to really stop anybody on defense this year. I don't think that you know, that trend will change this this week. I think that um, you know that you know Kiskeen will actually have a pretty decent game here, and I'll go with the St. Louis Ragtags. Who knows? Maybe even Brian Quick gets more involved now that you know Keenum's the quarterback. But I'll go with. Uh, I'll. I'll go with St. Louis. I, I wouldn't mind quick as a waiver wire pickup. I'm actually doing that in one of my leagues this week. If I get them, we'll see, but uh, it would be an interesting speculative pickup in a league where there's uh, not much available at this point, but I'll go with uh, St. Louis to win this by a late um, field goal from Greg the leg. I'll say St. Louis takes this 27 over Baltimore's 24. Ooh. I'm actually picking the Ravens in this one. Uh, I like, I love the Greg Belegg reference. We all know kickers hold a soft spot in the fourth and inches show hard. Uh, but I just, I'm not sold on Case Keenum, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the answer. 
I think the Ravens are going to be able to at least slow down Todd Gurley enough that Case Keenum's going to have to be the one that beats them, and I don't know if he can do that. The Ravens have been taking hits in the media all week. They lost that ridiculous game last week, and obviously, like, that whole, uh, the wrong call was made, they shouldn't have lost the game, this and that. Um, I think they're coming out hungry. They need to win this game. Uh, Generally, when things like this happen outside of the football field, they tend to come back and make a statement. I think that's going to happen this week. I think they're going to win it by a field goal. Good old Justin Tucker. Uh, but I have them 27-24 over St. Louis. Uh, but I do agree with you. I think that the the Brian Quicks and, and some of these other kind of lesser-known wide receivers in St. Louis are going to be more elevated with Case Keenum because, obviously, your passer rating can't get much lower and your completion rate much lower than what Nick Foles was putting out there. So they're at least going to have more targets. So that's something to work with. I don't. I mean, the Brian Quick thing I like. Well, part of it is just as you alluded to, Gurley has been so good the past. Well, he wasn't yeah. so hot this past weekend, but the weekend. Well, true. Two or three but weeks before that. we kind of knew that going into the matchup. So we'll, we'll see, but I, yeah, this will be an interesting game to look back on. So now let's move down the slate to your um, home area there, your new home area there, um, yeah. Carolina. The, the undefeated Super Bowl bound, they wish. Panthers are hosting the Redskins. You're coming off of that really impressive something of the Saints last week, although I, I should caveat that by saying the Saints have no defense and Washington didn't even put up as many points as the Giants did, although fortunately for them they have a better defense than the Giants do, either that or they caught Drew Brees on a not-so-hot week, but Anyway, yeah, uh, how did, how did Washington. the Giants end up for you? Did they end up winning that one? No. Sorry, no. Which... <laughs> no, they didn't. But they're still in first place somehow. Oh, so anyway, I, I don't know how. You know, with the, the all the talent the Cowboys have, it's just amazing that the Giants are still so ahead of them. They're very the talented at yelling at reporters on camera. Very talented at that. And apparently, Greg Hardy was. You know, displaying his leadership on the sidelines again this week, but uh, and and on well, the old Twitter machine. <laughs> yes, he's, he's just uh, a. Yeah, I, I don't know what Jerry Jones is thinking there, but any probably thirty-one of the other 30, thirty-one of the other teams in the NFL would have cut him loose by now, but not Jerry Jones. Oh no! By him, no, 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 he, he doesn't make starting to You don't ever back down. You now. commit wholeheartedly to the mistake. That's the Cowboy he, way. He is, well, he is uh, at least hedging on the idea of signing him to a long-term contract before the season's over. So that's Michael Irvin stabbed a teammate in the neck with scissors in the locker room and didn't even get fined. You can do anything as a Cowboy. Anything. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. But um, So... If, well, never mind. I'm not going to say what I'm saying. I hate everything about this game. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, but anyway, I, I think that uh, Carolina will remain unbeaten, much to your chagrin, but I just you know, yeah. don't think Washington has quite the offense to. I mean, as predicted last week on the fourth and inches show, Kirk Cousins actually had his second decent game of the season, but I think he's done facing the lousy offenses 
I mean, excuse me, the lousy defenses for a while. So I think Carolina will muster enough offense to win this. It won't be the steamrolling that you might expect, but I'll say that they win by six. I'll take Carolina seven over Washington's 21. I've got Carolina 24, Washington 17. I don't like it. I don't like anything about this game because realistically, no matter who wins, I still lose as a fan. I don't enjoy that. Um, Carolina's still going to be unbeaten. That's still going to irritate the the crap out of me. Uh, the matchup's just not good for Kirk Cousins. Obviously, last week, prime matchup. We were all over that. This one, not so much. Uh, I think Cam Newton will probably be doing a fair amount of dancing this Sunday because... We did not see enough. Eight dance moves for every touchdown just quite isn't enough. So we'll see what, what kind of of dance medley he's got ready for us come this week. Um, but Hopefully he'll break out some ballroom dancing. That's what I'm paid to see. I sure hope so because I'm just I'm done with the the weird jerky like movement. I don't I don't understand what he's doing. I don't get it. I don't really get Cam Newton. That's fine. But I I would be more impressed if we could start like resuscitating the football, pulling the cell phone out of the padding. At the, like let's get back to the weird stuff. Like just these dances are dumb. They don't do it for me. Uh, I digress. But I'm not. I I don't love the matchup for Greg Olson this week. I think Jonathan Stewart's a much better play. I like the Carolina defense. Uh, I just it's not going to happen for Washington. If it does, I'd be ecstatic. But. Down here in Carolina, people are trying to trade bottles of scotch for tickets to this game, so that's the world yeah, I live in. I saw that $1,500 bottle of scotch <laughs> for two tickets to the game that's, uh, I, I don't that's know. Weird. That's weird. It's an interesting <laughs> offer. But, so let's, let's move along then. Next game up on the slate, we've got one of the replacement quarterbacks, Rocco Swiler, is taking his show on the road to Chicago where the resurgent bears talking about making the playoffs, even though they're still below 500, but, and, you know, I don't think they're catching either the Vikings or the Packers, but stranger things have happened. Actually, nothing stranger has happened. I don't know why people always say that, but anyway, here, I think Emmanuel Sanders, you know, it'd be nice if he were healthy, but I don't think they really need him. Maybe, you know, Swyler has that chemistry with, Cody Latimer, just from having worked with him on the second team so much. We'll see what happens yeah. here, but my prediction is that Denver will um, right the ship and win this by four. I'll go with a final score of Denver 28, Chicago 24. I've got it, oh, I've got it closer. I've got 21-20. I think Denver's going to sneak one out here. Um, they are in Chicago. I, I, we don't know a ton about what Brock Osweiler's doing. Uh, I've I don't know if I'm as into the theory of elevating um, your your third and fourth wide receiver in this specific scenario just because Peyton Manning's been so banged up that Osweiler's taken a lot of those first-team reps in practice because Peyton Manning hasn't been practicing that much. So I don't know if it's going to be as drastic of a swing in Denver, but I'm not ruling it out either. I just think that Chicago is trying to pretend they're a functional football team again. I don't know who they're really fooling. Uh, Matt Forte obviously still banged up, but the run game is is still, you know, decent. Uh, but yeah, the Denver I mean, defense, yeah, I mean, the Denver defense is going to be, I think, the deciding factor in this game. And this one might be more Jay Cutler losing a game than Brock Osweiler winning a game. All right, we'll see how that one plays out. Next up, we've got a game. If you thought you were having problems with color blindness in the 
last game, you know, just wait until you get confused with all the silver helmets in this next game. We've got Oakland on the road, Detroit. Not only do I think their uniforms are very similar, but I think, you know, the matchups, the, the you know, the teams will be pretty evenly matched. You know, mm-hmm. flip a coin on this, I'll go with Detroit to win it by a point, 28-27, but you know, if you want to tell me that really? David Carr is going to bounce back and have a big week, then you know, I'd be hard-pressed to argue too much with that. I think Derek Carr is going to have a huge week. Um, I, I, I like some things about Detroit. I do. Uh, the fact that they actually won some games is a great start. But I think Calvin Johnson's going to have a good game this week. Uh, it's not like the Oakland Raiders have their defense of the 90s. The defense here is not really much to write home about. Plus, Alden Smith just got himself suspended for a year, so they lost their second-leading sacker. Uh, but that's you know that's going to help Matt Stafford's, I guess, life expectancy. He looked like he was going to die a few weeks ago. Uh, I just I think Derek Carr and the Oakland offense is going to outperform the Detroit defense, especially with kind of a banged-up running back core there. But Derek Carr's thrown for over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns in three straight games, and I think he's going to continue the trend this week. So I'm taking Oakland by a touchdown. Who did Oakland lose to last week? Listen, listen. Last week's the past. We've all moved on from it. (laughs) The Cowboys couldn't beat anybody last week. So I'm pretending last week did not exist. We're going to all bounce back. Derek Carr's going to be great this week. I want him on all my fantasy teams. Well, if he's great this week, then that's just even more fuel for the fire about uh, Minnesota's defense being the number one defense in all of football. Somehow it always comes back to Minnesota going to the Super Bowl. If they actually go, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Probably just laugh. I feel like I need to start coming up with some kind of plan now because it's becoming more real as the weeks go on. Yeah, yeah you still got a, a couple months to figure it out. No but, sure, yeah. Okay. All right. So next up, we have one of the games that I think is going to be one of the probably the highest scoring game of the week, even though one of the two teams is missing its quarterback. That would be Indianapolis at Atlanta. And no, Matt Ryan isn't missing, but Andrew Luck is. Matt Hasselbeck to the rescue, the battle of the DC Matt quarterbacks, I guess, could be the, the welcome, the welcome Matt. I'm stretching here a little bit but uh, a little bit it's all right <laughs> it's okay but i i think the the more recent vintage matt from bc that being ryan will triumph uh-huh. over the uh the less recent vintage matt that being hesselbeck i'll go with a final score of um atlanta 34 over indianapolis 27 so i think the 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 matt from bc that does not have a brother who also played in the NFL will actually win this game. That's very specific. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to take Indy for the upset here this week. Both teams are coming off a bye. Atlanta looked a little sketchy last time we saw them, their offense in particular. Um, well, two Andrew times Luck, them. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Luck obviously is kind of a shell of a human being, apparently, with all of these injuries he's amassed. And I think this is probably the last good, solid week we're going to get out of Matt Hasselbeck and his, his 40-year-old bones. Uh, I think after this point, with some consecutive wear and tear, I, things may go downhill. But 
Uh, I'm going to take him 27-24. I think Devontae Freeman is going to score a lot of Atlanta's points, but overall their offense, in particular the pass game, looks a little out of sorts. And Matt Hasselbeck's bringing a different look to the Indy, uh, Indy offense. He's going to throw a few less picks. I think there's a chance for an upset here. I was talking to a Indy fan last night who was blaming both Indy's offense, you know, their former offensive coordinator, and just thinking that they were asking Andrew Locke to do too much. I'm thinking it's more the offensive line, which if, <laughs> if it's a matter of dumbing down the playbook, not that you have to dumb anything down for Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, the guy was a Super Bowl quarterback, although, you know, so was Brad Johnson. But anyway, yeah, I don't know how much you have to dumb down the playbook, but I I think it's more the offensive line. Stanford, correct, that we're dumbing down a playbook for? That sounds a little crazy. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe they – there has to be some explanation for it. Maybe it's the injury. Yeah. Maybe it's the offensive line. Who knows? Yeah, I, I doubt that the playbook was too complex for Andrew Luck, but that was at least one of the theories that was uh, put forth last night by the Colts fan that I was talking to. But, huh. yeah, I'm not sure I buy it, but we'll see. I, I just don't think they'll win. But, you know, if they, if they do, I don't think that would be a huge upset either. No, I think it's a possibility, though. All right, so moving on to the next game where I don't think there's any possibility of an upset, that would be Dallas at Miami. Miami has been fits and starts this year, but as you've alluded to in previous weeks, defense is actually not half bad. Brian Tannehill, Dolphins are probably having regret about signing him to that long-term contract, but I think he'll look pretty good this week. You know, welcome back Tony Romo if you want to, but I just still think Miami takes this pretty easily. I'll say Miami 27, Dallas 17. I go back and forth about this game. I've been <laughs> mulling it over all week. Are you going to live over there? <laughs> no, I just coughed up a lung, but I have another one, so I'm good. It's okay. You've got another. It's fine. It's fine. You're just day-to-day. It's okay. <laughs> day-to-day I, with smoker's lung. I really want to say Dallas is going to win this game, but I don't think I realistically can. Uh, Tony Romo is going to be a little rusty. Uh, Obviously, the Cowboys are not the most functional of locker rooms right now. I think that's become abundantly clear this week. Uh, They are hardy bunch, though. Ah, I see what you did there. (laughs) I'd rather they were more Brady bunch than hardy bunch, but I guess I didn't get to pick. So, hardy bunch it is. Uh, but they're on a seven-game losing streak. There's a lot of pressure whether or not, you know, uh, they're saying all the right things. Well, another game. Garrett and Tony Romo are saying all the right things, and Des Bryant's just saying whatever he wants. But, yes, as you alluded to, the Dolphins, a bit of a roller coaster. They've had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Even with uh, Cameron Wake not being there, that defense is still pretty stout. And the Cowboys' defense on the flip side gets Sean Lee back, which is great. He's the quarterback of that defense. But they're still down about 10 bodies. They have a lot of injuries on defense and I just I have a bad feeling about this. I would love to be wrong, but I think Miami's probably winning this 24-21. That's even well, that's a little I think it'll be a little closer than I do, so at least that gives you some there's some optimism there on your part, so that's Well, I'm good. thinking it's just going to be a lot of Tony Romo to Jason Witten all day with a couple of drop Des Bryant passes thrown in there. I'm hoping some points yeah. come out of that. 
All right, we'll see what happens there. Now, moving on to one of their NFC rivals, the Eagles, coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Dolphins last week. But this week they got another crack at home against a, another Florida team that's one probably not quite as talented. And that would be Tampa Bay, although Jameis Winston playing better the last few weeks. He did throw a couple of picks this past week, which ended his streak about interception-free games. But yeah, I think he'll have a pretty good week with you know, Mike Evans against the Eagles defense, but no Vincent Jackson. And I just think that's going to be the difference here. I think Philadelphia, even with Mark Sanchez's quarterback, is going to find a way to get enough offense together. I mean, he did have over 300 yards last year. I think it was the Monday night game against the the um, Panthers, which, if I'm not mistaken, was actually this same week last year. But anyway, I think Mark Sanchez, as much as he people like to, to rag on him, especially in New York, I think he is probably one of the better, more serviceable backups in the NFL if you went down the list of those quarterbacks. I think he'll have he'll do just enough to get Philadelphia back in the win column here. I'll go with the final score: Philadelphia twenty-eight, Tampa Bay twenty-four. Oh, I think this is going to be a little more in Philly's favor. I've got twenty-seven seventeen. Um, Sanchez is the quintessential backup quarterback. He's going to win you games he's supposed to win you. He's not going to win you games that maybe would be a stretch. And this is a game he should win. I think he'll be fine. The Tampa Bay defense is. They have some really good good young stars on there, but they're still very young and very inexperienced. Uh, the offense has a lot of holes and a lot of injuries. they also pretty young with James Winston at the helm. Uh, they're more prone to making mistakes. They're on the road, playing in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've heard, not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. It's not the friendliest of confines. Uh, but this is the week the Eagles are going to bounce back. I think Chip Kelly is a little cranky hearing uh, all the – the backseat coaching of his own team, if you will. Uh, and I just Mark Sanchez can work in this offense. Like I said at the top of the show, they're going to have to use DeMarco Murray like they should have been using DeMarco Murray the whole time. He's going to have to take a lot of snaps. He's going to have to have a lot of carries and put some yards up. But Sanchez is going to, I mean, he's going to have a lot of short passes. It's going to be a lot of little out routes. But he'll get the job done, and they're going to win this game. It just might not be the prettiest thing in the world. Yeah, I, I question whether... Um, whether you know, DeMarco Murray is really going to be able to run against uh, a lot against Gerald McCoy, who seems to be one of the better nose tackles in football. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. But I think that they're going to have to spend a lot more time in the air than they would like if they're going to win this game. But we'll see. Maybe it works out for them. Hey, we're going to so, find out one way or another. Unfortunately, the Eagles are still going to win this week. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. So <laughs> next up, we've got the Jets traveling on the road to Houston Texans. And ironically, that was actually Mark Sanchez's first game as a Jet back in 2010, I think it was. So maybe it was 2009 or 2008. I'm just losing track of time. Yeah, Matt, I, it's but, hard to believe he's been around that long. Like on one hand, it's like yeah. he's been around forever doing weird stuff on the sidelines, but... On the other hand, it's like, really? We've been putting up with this crazy for this long? Well, yeah. a lot of that's diminished the past couple of years since he's no longer the quarterback there. I think this is his seventh year in the league, which would, made, would have made him a rookie in 2009. But anyway, 
Um, back to the Jets, they are playing at Houston, and much as they did in Mark Sanchez's first NFL game, I think they're going to emerge victorious here against the Texans. I don't think it'll be particularly close. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will have a good game with Eric Decker, who's one of the underrated wide receivers in football. Oh, yeah. He's not flashy, but gets the job done. He's a good guy to have on your fantasy team. I'll say the Jets win this by 10. I'll go with a final score of Jets 24, Texans 14. I'm a little more conservative with this. I've got the Jets 20 to 14 over the Texans. Uh, I think this is going to end up being a little bit more of a defensive matchup. I think the Jets defense wins this game for them. Uh, I would love to be wrong and have it be an offensive explosion with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Eric Decker because, like you said, Eric Decker is such a clutch player on a lot of our fantasy teams right now. Uh, I just I just have a feeling this is going to be more of kind of in the trenches game. I, I'm not super excited to watch it. Just really not. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. then maybe you'll be interested in watching one of these, uh, the three late games on Sunday. By late, I mean afternoon in your in your time uh, time yeah. zone there, whatever that is, the <laughs> southern time zone. But I live on West anyway. Coast time on the East Coast. That's how I roll. <laughs> That's pretty nice slice if you can have it. So yeah. first up, we've of the three Sunday after the three afternoon games on Sunday, the late games as we call them, up a little further north of the Mason-Dixon line. But first up, we've got Kansas City at San Diego. You know, both these teams hit hard by injuries this year. You know, Keenan Allen lost for the season for the Chargers. Chiefs, of course, lost Jamal Charles earlier in the season. You know, mm-hmm. This game, I think, could go either way, but based on what they were able to do against Denver's offense or what passed for an offense with Denver, I'll pick the Chiefs to win this game on the road. I'll go with a final score of Chiefs 27 and the Chargers 24. Um, I've got I've got the Chiefs twenty four, the Chargers twenty one. Uh I just I mean, Charkandrick West really found himself last week after just you know, we all had high hopes for him, things didn't go well, he kind of fell off the radar a little bit and then last week it was like, Hey guys, I'm still here, still awesome at being a running back. Um, I think that he's Are gonna you have saying another things went south for West before last week. Yeah. Yes, they did. Amazingly, <laughs> but now I think uh, I think that we should all be looking a little more in the westerly direction. But he's going to have a huge game this week. This San Diego defense is absolutely terrible against the run. Uh, one of the worst in the league. Depending on what stats you're looking at, they are the worst in the league. Uh, and Kansas City, not known for their their offensive uh, passing prowess. Historically, they've gotten better this year, but I still think the run game is going to be what ultimately is the the demise for San Diego. All right, next up we have a game that I'm guessing we'll both be pretty interested in for different reasons. Aaron Rodgers not having a particularly good season this year, but his Packers have one more chance to right the ship before they go two down to the Vikings. I'll go with... um, Vikings to win this one by a score of uh, 24-21 as they continue their inevitable march to the Super Bowl. Inevitable. Anyway. (laughs) Um, I've actually got Green Bay 33-27 over Minnesota. 
Uh, Wake up! I, it's not 2012 anymore. <laughs> nope, no, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that Minnesota's going to be this team. I think that they can bounce back. Don't sleep on on Devonte Adams. I think he's going to have a nice game. Green Bay needs this win. They need it bad. They need it more than Minnesota does. I think they're more motivated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously is not 100%. He's battling some injuries, as is pretty much everyone else in the league right now. Uh, but Minnesota's definitely going to put points up because the Packers' defense has shown very little interest in slowing anybody down. Uh, I think that Adrian Peterson, despite a nagging hamstring injury, is probably still going to have a pretty nice day. But I think that the Packers are going to come back, not throw an interception on the last drive of the game, and actually win one. Yeah. Well, I don't want to just—I don't want to spoil your dream, but uh, listen, I couldn't even pick the Cowboys to win. I had to pick too. somebody I like to win. <laughs> I picked yeah. the Panthers earlier. This is a you, tough you week for me. You picked Jacksonville. That's—you're done for the week in terms of picking teams you like. All right. <laughs> I, I lost well, it on the first game. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> actually, you have one more chance to pick a team that I know you like, but I'm going to pick against oh, and I'm we'll get to that. And, I think you're you're deluding yourself, but we'll see. All right, next up we've got San Francisco at Seattle. Last week, of course, Arizona won a shootout in Seattle, which makes some question how good Seattle's defense really is. I think that's more a case of Arizona's offense being better than perhaps I gave them credit for earlier in the season. I don't I, think this I game will be particularly week, close. I declared that a statement game for Arizona, and they pass with flying colors. They, they certainly did. This week, I think it's a statement game for San Francisco as in, you know, how much do we have left in the bank? I don't think there's anything. I think Seattle wins this pretty easily. Blaine Gabbard is probably going to be better than a lot of these other replacement quarterbacks that we've discussed this week, but I don't think it'll mm. matter to the outcome. I'll go with the final score of Seattle 27 and 49ers 14. I went 27-17. I at least gave him a little bit more of a chance than you did. Uh, but quite frankly, I, I don't think this is going to feel like a close game really at any point. And I think that is going to be pretty much thanks to one Marshawn Lynch. The 49ers have given up uh, roughly 500 total yards and seven touchdowns to running backs in the last four games. And I think that number is just going to jump again this week after seeing Marshawn Lynch. Uh Obviously, you and I do not think that Blaine Gabbert is necessarily the answer or the future for the 49ers. I I don't think he can put a team on his shoulders and win a game. Carlos Hyde's still banged up. He's not practicing. I just don't like what's happening in San Francisco right now. They're playing in Seattle. It's not a good matchup. I just don't think this is really a fair fight. Well, we didn't think that earlier this year at San Francisco either. But Fair point, fair well. point. We'll see. All right, next up, the Sunday night game, one of the better games of the week. Cincinnati, fresh off loss last week, traveling to Arizona, fresh off a victory. Arizona is looking pretty good right now. Like I said before, it's either Arizona or Carolina if you're picking your early season uh, or your your early look NFC Super Bowl team, unless you're picking the Vikings, of course. But, well, yeah. Cincinnati, I just, I don't know. They're they're starting to stiff a bit a little bit. And Andy Dalton, we were chronicling last week. Did somebody like whisper in his ear that it was the playoffs or something? Is that what happened? I don't know. Well, 
they, they just make him start playing night games, and he barely, well, I shouldn't say barely escaped, but, you know, he took a while to get going against Cleveland a couple Thursday nights ago, and then last week, you know, had a miserable game, so... He's the king here, of the but... 1 o'clock start. He can do no wrong there. It's whenever he has to play any other time that is a problem. Yeah, well, I think this is going to be a big problem for him. I'll go with Arizona to win this by a touchdown. I'll say final score, Arizona 31, Cincinnati 24. I've got Arizona 33, Cincinnati 24. It's just, even the Ginger Ninja has to have an Achilles heel, and that is playing late games. He's not about it. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit of a shorter week coming off a Monday night game and a, a very uh, ugly one at that. Uh, but Carson Palmer, like I said last week, I wanted to see what was going to happen at a 500 team. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Now they're finally starting to beat the teams that might be a little tougher. Uh, and I think they're going to get another big win this week. Carson Palmer is averaging two touchdowns at home uh, this season so far, uh, passing just at a minimum, and I think that if he can keep that pace up and Arizona can <laughs> at least capitalize on one or two mistakes defensively for uh, Cincinnati, they'll be okay. I just Cincinnati's going to make a game of it. I don't think it's going to look as bad as, as Monday night did, but I don't think that there's a lot of ways they can really win this game. All right, and that leaves us with just the Monday night game featuring the other undefeated team that's remaining, that would be New England hosting Buffalo. Yeah, Rex Ryan, he always loves to talk a big game before his teams play New England. Inevitably, they come up second best. I think that trend will yep. continue here. I'll say New England wins this by 10. New England 34, Buffalo 24. I'm going I'm going 30-21 Patriots over the Bills. Uh, I think the first half will probably look okay for the Bills. Uh and then it's just it's going to get it's going to be the Tom Brady show. I think that realistically I'm not worried about the fact that Julian Edelman and Deion Lewis aren't there. Uh it's we see what Bill Belichick does. It's just it's going to run like it normally does just with different people, different names on the back of the jerseys. So Rex Ryan's going to make this a little more difficult, but you're playing in prime time on a Monday night in New England with a, a little bit of a cranky Tom Brady coming at you because he lost Julian Edelman. And all Rex Ryan does is talk trash about the Patriots, and that seems to tick them off a little bit. I can't imagine why. Uh, so I just, I just don't think that Buffalo, especially with all the injuries, I don't think they're even close to being on the same level as the Patriots right now. Sorry, Rex. Uh, it just it's just not going to happen for them. All right, and we should mention, too, that we've got four teams on bye this week, and that would be Cleveland, so that they give Johnny Manziel an extra week to catch on there. New Orleans, the Giants, who went out and signed Hakeem Nicks, apparently they still think it's 2009. They sure and do. Where's David Tyree? Let's bring him back. And too. the Steelers. Sure, why not? It'd be fun. They could just, <laughs> maybe they, they should have done that. They should have played that at halftime. Of the, they should have had him come out. You know, you know, David Tyree. They should have and, signed uh, him a one-day deal just to play the, the Patriots. Nothing else. Or they just could have had. Nice. They could have inducted both David Tyree and um, Mario Manningham into their you know wall of fame at halftime against the Patriots last week. Maybe that would have. 
brought back good memories. I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they didn't. The best they could put up was Dwayne Harris last week. But anyway, so we've got Cleveland, New Orleans, the Giants, and the Steelers on by. Probably position-wise, the position you're going to be hurt at most among those four teams is, is quarterback. Um, yeah, wide receiver we'll, we'll a little bit. Some wide receivers, yeah. yeah. All right, so we've got a few minutes left, and usually at this point we hop into the DFS um, player salaries for the week, you know, for FanDuel and and uh, DraftKings. I thought, if you don't mind, I just wanted to take a minute to share a little research I did this week on some sure. uh, daily fantasy contests. Oh, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. I, I did was, stuff. Yeah, I was looking at, um, at both the FanDuel game and the DraftKings game. And was what I've done is just all the contests that I've entered this year, I've made it a point to catalog the winning team's rosters and points and just try to study them as much as I could to see if there's anything there that I could pick up on that might be useful to me personally in a in a daily contest. So this none of this is really earth shattering what I'm about to tell you, but I'll I'll share it with you anyway. So for football, usually you think about Home, you'd rather, much rather have you know, home teams or players with home games over players with road team and with road games. And there's some truth to that here. You do see a little bit of it, but it was actually about 60% of the players from the winning rosters come from home teams. It surprised me that wasn't a little bit higher, but you know that's what the data so far is showing me. But Interesting. instead of focusing on home games. I think it it looks like you really ought to spend time focused on developing your storyline for the game and who you think is going to win because about 75% of the players on these winning rosters, these winning DFS rosters, came from winning teams. So you definitely want to spend some time figuring out, you know, which teams you think are going to win. And then, of course, within that subgroup, you want to figure out, you know, how many points are those teams going to score then, but that was another thing that came out of it. Just in looking at which positions are most effective in terms of points per dollar of salary, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, and defenses tend to do really well. It shocked me a little bit that wide receivers are among the lower performers in terms of points per dollar of salary, and then kickers are also in that bad bucket. So, if you have a flex position, you might want to consider uh, filling it with a, a running back rather than a, a wide receiver. But the, if you do that, the one thing I did find with the flex spot, which of course they have on DraftKings and not FanDuel, but with the flex mm-hmm. spot, the conventional wisdom is you want to plug a wide receiver in there. I, my research show, so far has shown that it's or has found that it's not so important whether it's a wide receiver or not, but what is important is that you try to find somebody that you know, has the opportunity to catch a lot of passes and rack up both the points per reception points for you and yardage and you know hopefully some TD um, potential too. But you know, again, you know if you get a chance to get a tight end or a pass catching running back who's going to garner a lot of targets, that's great. 
you know, but you know, at least so far this season, it looks like the winning teams have a preference for those pass-catching running backs and tight ends over over the wide you receivers. Your flex spot more like a PPR style player than anything else. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So I'm sure I'll have more to add to that in the weeks and months and years, hopefully to come. But you know, at least for the the presentation I did at my uh, industry conference this week on on daily fantasy sports, those were the, at least my preliminary uh, conclusions for football. Solid, I like it. Uh, and and on that note, that does bring us to the end of the show this week. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, at our usual time on Wednesday night at uh, 9:30 Eastern time. We'll be back with all of your news and notes, your matchups, and all the Week 10 goods for you. Or, I'm sorry, the Week 12 goods. I'm living in the past already. I just don't want to slow down on another Cowboys defeat in all likelihood. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just am so, so upset about the losing streak. Uh, but you can find us all week long. 2 and 14, long. baby. You can watch I the Vikings in the all Super Bowl. I social media. <laughs> Feel free to console me about the Cowboys. Sell me on your team. Uh, we're at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com, the number 4thninchesshow on Twitter. Uh, as well as JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan uh, page on Facebook and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And, of course, if you've got questions or you need lineup help, always come find us. We love talking football. Otherwise, we'll be back next week where the Sherpa will continue to tell us why the Vikings should win the Super Bowl, and I will continue to spiral into depression. Based on that snide remark, I'm guessing you're not going to be watching the game from a Vikings bar this weekend. I don't even know if they exist down here, but people are bartering booze for tickets, so I guess anything's possible in North Carolina. I don't even know. (laughs) But good luck in your fantasy uh, games this week, unless, of course, you're playing me, and we will see you guys next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.